Welcome to Authors on Tour Live, a weekly podcast for people who love to hear about books from the authors themselves. My name is Darren Fote, and today we are podcasting live from the Tattered Cover Bookstore, one of the premier independent bookstores in the nation, with three locations in the metro Denver area. You can visit www.authorsontourlive.com for a complete list of upcoming podcasts. Wait a minute, it's time to begin. This is a fun and unique event. We've got the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook, and we're so lucky because we also have some chefs from the cookbook, which rarely, I mean, normally, it's just the authors, so this is kind of exciting. These are the authors, Robin Griggs-Lauren, Povey Ashison took the pictures. Um, so, Povey, I believe you're going to start. Okay, go ahead. Although I've done photography for several books, the last time I was standing at this podium, I was 17 years old, signing one of my mom's books. I did the photography for Colorado Ghost Towns and Mining Camps. I guess I've gone from mining camps to cannabis. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to the Tattered Cover uh, for hosting us tonight. It only took me 32 years to get back here. In 2010, Robin, um, who I had been working with for 20 years, and I were doing more and more food stories for Natural Home Magazine. Colorado had just legalized medical marijuana, and she and I started talking. What if we did a book, a beautiful book a professional, with professional photography, delicious recipes, and insightful writing, um, and make it the kind of book we would both want, something that would be like the joy of cooking for cannabis, with images that would make your mouth water? We could move the discussion about cannabis cooking from simple pot brownies to high-end wholesome cannabis cookery that would hold its own from a culinary perspective. I had been shooting for several years, uh, uh, shooting food for several years and loved it and how creative it was. Before I started our book, I was lucky enough to shoot another cannabis cookbook for, for dessert baker Karen Lazarus, owner of Sweet Mary Jane. That was such a wonderful experience, and shooting desserts couldn't be more fun. They are colorful and pretty. I thought moving on to, um, uh, moving on to our next book would be a piece of cake. Little did I know that cannabis food, um, specifically appetizers, butters, and entrees, would be a lot more difficult. Cannabis-infused food can be a challenge to photograph, lots of browns and earthy greens. But after working with Natural Home Magazine since its inception, I had gotten used to those kinds of wholesome foods by working with, uh, wholesome foods. By working with food stylists, creating the perfect lighting, combining food with different colored plates, backdrops, and painting the dishes with, with, uh, uh, and pairing the dishes with complementary sides and garnish, we were able to make the food look good to the camera. Although this book is for recreational and medical use, my personal interest in the book is medical. We have already gotten feedback on the book from folks who have, de- who have decided to try cannabis to help relieve their symptoms associated with treating cancer and other serious health conditions. They appreciate the recipes can help manage their symptoms while eating wonderful food. As more people explore cannabis cookery, regardless of their eating intent, we hope you will enjoy the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook for its many tasty recipes and high-quality production. Now I'm going to hand the mic over to Robin Griggs Lawrence, the brains of this book. Author. Okay, hi everybody. It's funny when Povey said that the brains behind the book, it just made me think of that. Um, You guys remember the uh, public service announcements in the 80s, this is your brain on drugs, right? It's just kind of... (laughs) Anyway, um, this is is my brain on cannabis. And and it really is kind of apropos because, um, you know... What happened to me in in 
coming to cannabis uh, later in life and also doing this book is, is a total sea change in the way I saw cannabis. And um, it, I don't see it as a drug anymore. I see it as food and I see it as medicine. And um, that is a, a total shift from what I was taught uh, you know, when I was younger and, and what, what all of us were taught, really. Um, so in 2009, my gynecologist uh, prescribed medical marijuana to me. Um, and um, it was, it was uh, for dysmenorrhea, um, but it was also for a problem that he and I had been working on together for a lot of years um, and couldn't fix. And that was just severe, severe wacky hormonal PMS. I mean, I, I know it's a little uncomfortable to talk about, but it's, it's, that is, that is, I could not beat this problem. I tried diet. I tried homeopathy. I tried everything. I even went on Zoloft. And, you know, at the time I was the editor of Natural Home Magazine and I was, it was odd for me. And, and actually the Zoloft made me even crazier. So nothing worked. And, you know, finally he, he said, you know, it's legal now, you know, why don't you give this a try? And I said, all right, I'm going to give this a try. Um, I, you know, I was a mom. I was an, an editor running a magazine. I just, cannabis had not been in my world. It hadn't been in my life. And I definitely been, you know, was aware of what was going on in Colorado. Um, like, you know, you, at that point, there was, there were a lot of dispensaries in Boulder. Um, so I was aware of what was going on, but I wasn't, um, I didn't, I didn't have a clue about what cannabis was. I thought of it as that stuff we got in college that, you know, with sticks and seeds and all that, you know, no smell and all that stuff. So I walked into my first dispensary with that medical card and, um, it was like, it was like, a it was a total revelation. And the, uh, here's Jane. Um, <laughs> they, uh, um, you know, the, the, there were, there were different smells. There were different... I, did, I had no idea that cannabis came in flavors. I had no idea. And so all of a sudden, it was, um, I, was, I was faced with, you know, lemon kush and blueberry and, uh, you know, cheese flavors. And I was just like, wait, what? And all of a sudden, it changed. You know, all of a sudden, I realized this is food. This is actually food. This isn't a drug. And I, you know, realized it also didn't have to be smoked, which is something I didn't want to do. So I... Povey and I kind of start talking. She's like, you know, we, we really should do a cookbook, Rob. And I'm like, yeah, we should. And, um, you know, the best idea is that was in 2009. Um, it took a good five years for this thing to come to fruition. And um, it involved a ton of players. And, um, you know, when I first started calling, first I had to find cannabis chefs who had the same beliefs that I did about uh, food and eating. And, um, you know, I've always been a pretty healthy eater. And I don't eat a lot of sugar. And I really like to eat uh, naturally. And um, I follow Ayurveda sometimes. So, um, I really wanted to find chefs who were of that same mindset and who, were, who, weren't, who didn't want to do a stoner's cookbook, who wanted to do a cookbook for healing and health with a very healthy and healing herb. And so, lo and behold, um, they all wanted to help, which was amazing to me. I, you know, I, I was like, why shouldn't they? And, and, and what I realized is that every single one of these chefs, so I found 12 chefs from uh, Massachusetts, Oregon. We found, Povey helped me find some too. Um, Massachusetts, Oregon. Uh, what, do we have Seattle? We have Joey. Um, and Massachusetts, kind of a good contingent from Massachusetts. And um, 
And every one of them opened their hearts and opened their minds and shared their experience and taught me how to cook with cannabis. And the book that I really wanted, as Povey mentioned, we kind of talked about it, A Joy of Cooking, um, which is my favorite cookbook. It's the one that's on my counter. It's the one that's, you know, covered with oil splatters and grease and, you know, all sorts of, you know, torn pages. And, um, you know, so I wanted that book for cannabis cooking, and it just didn't exist yet. And so, um, you know, my other favorite book is uh, um, Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking. And um, I hardly ever make those recipes, but I read it cover to cover from, you know, all of that stuff. I feel like I can be a French cook, right? I can make a good sauce. I can debone a duck, um, you know, and that's the book. And so that was really what we tried what to do in this book is, is give information not only about how to cook with cannabis and recipes, delicious recipes, as you can see um, from Povey's awesome photos up there. But also, um, I, want, I wanted people to be able to, uh, no matter what, whether you make a recipe in here ever or not, feel super confident that you understand this plant, that there are so, you know, this, this isn't just like cooking with basil. This is, there are so many, so many different, you know, aspects to it, right? So there's the, the, the difference in taste, and there's, you know, whether you want a psychoactive effect or not. And that's one of the things that was super cool about um, working with these chefs is they weren't always doing this to get high. A lot of them are, are using cannabis for health, and, and so they eat it raw, or they eat the fan leaves, or, um, you know, they're using all parts of the plant. And so um, I also thought, you know, you've, you had to, you, there has to be in there, and there is, um, a very comprehensive section on dosing, um, because anybody who's ever eaten too much cannabis food knows that um, it's no fun. You're never going to do it again. Um, you won't die, but you will think you are. And so it's just, you know, so that was, again, you know, a, a bunch of aspects that, that wouldn't be in a traditional cookbook. And yet um, the feeling and the layout and the flow of a traditional cookbook is basically um, what we've created here. So uh, that's the kind of genesis behind this thing. And we are so blessed tonight. You know, really one of the parts of this project, which is probably the most challenging but uh, satisfact satisfactory project I've ever done, is getting to know all these chefs, and Jane West, who wrote the foreword for us. So um, I'm going to start turning it over to them, and um, basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start, I'm going to just ask a question to get started of each of them, and then we will open it up so that you guys can ask, we can field questions from all of you as well. So let's start with Katya Redfern. And Katya is an artist, and she is also a fantastic chef. She um, works by day for a biodentist, um, making uh, meals for his patients and staff. And she also she brings elements of Ayurveda, elements of paleo, um, really healthy cooking, really just wonderful, healthy, um, thoughtful. And she's also just a fantastic food stylist, so that was a wonderful thing as well. Um, so, Katya, if you want to come up, I'll ask you your question, and then you can just talk a bit. Um, so, Katya, you incorporate elements of healthy diets, including paleo and Ayurveda, into your recipes and into your cooking. How do you go about introducing cannabis as part of a healthy, balanced diet? Hmm. Well, if I had my druthers, I would be able to juice it and have it raw, and that would be the most healing thing you could do with it, but... We don't always have access to that much or fresh plants all the time. And, um, but I introduce it into um, a basic uh, premonition of how, how to treat 
plants in general. So uh, using all parts of the plants, using um, the five different, the doshas, so the bitter, the salty, the sour, the sweet, you know, getting all aspects. So I like to use cannabis in both savory and both sweet applications, and I think that's probably kind of the basic. And I did want to mention something about how I got to know Ayurvedic cooking or the idea behind Ayurvedic cooking. Um, I had the good fortune of meeting a a doctor who is an acupuncturist, and I had parasites, actually, at the time, from India. And I had tried the traditional allopathic route of taking flagell and things that were really harmful to my digestion and my, my health. They did nothing. And I met this doctor who empowered me with this mantra, which is food is medicine, medicine is food. I began taking papaya seeds, fresh papaya seeds and apricot kernels and tissue salts. And, and within a short amount of time, I had cured myself of something that was really difficult to, to do. So taking cannabis and putting it in food is probably the, the most healing thing you could do with cannabis. It's, well, it's money well spent. It's it's a very thrifty way of spreading the love and spreading a very good medicine into your body and making it um, making it whole. So I contributed a recipe on uh, Bang, which is the drink that they drink on holiday, which I happen to be an Indian witness. It's sort of very accepted that everybody is taking a little bit of cannabis on that day. Um, it's a little bit like St. Patrick's Day and green beer or something. I don't know. It's just um, wonderful to see. Anyhow, I think I, I did. I answer the question. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks. I also forgot to mention that Katya is one of the founders of Metamints, which is a xylitol-based uh, ten milligram press tablet. Uh, yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> So our next one, next up, is Grace Gutierrez, and um, come on up, yeah. Um, so Grace and, um, and Lucy, who will be next, uh, both work for Sweet Mary Jane, which is the premier baker, cannabis uh, food baker in Colorado, and probably soon beyond. Um, and Grace, you pretty much learned to bake, I think, with cannabis when you took the job, right? You, so she, 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 was, she got out of school. She got this opportunity. She's like, I love to learn new things, and she jumped into it. So um, my question for you, Grace, is you know, if you've, you've been baking all your life, what is different, and what advice would you offer to people um, when they start out baking with cannabis? Hello, everyone. Um, I would say that baking with cannabis really is simple. Um, as far as just adding another ingredient into baking, it's it's easy. Um, the big problem with that is dosing, which in the book there is extensive um, advice for you about dosing. Um, with cannabis baking, you can't just put out a plate of cookies for guests at a party. You have to tell them that it's dosed. You have to tell them how much they're going to feel it. Um, everyone's different. 
uh, you're different from everyone else. So just how much you can consume, how much they can consume, who can even consume it. People can't even consume THC if, you know, their, their job depends on, uh, drug testing or anything like that. Um, as far, but really just adding this beautiful ingredient into the baking, it's very simple. Um, you just have a base product, can of butter, um, is the typical base product. Uh, personally, I love olive oil. I love olive oil and baking. I love it. Um, coconut oil and baking. Um, I don't know. It's, it's different only because it's a psychoactive, a drug, it's a medicine, but people who are unexperienced with cannabis, you have to take it slow with them and you have to take it slow for yourself as well. So. All right, next up, Lucy Lazarus. And Lucy and Grace, what fun. They, they brought, like, the youth element to the whole thing, which we, we totally needed, so it was very cool. Um, <clears throat> so um, Lucy also works at Sweet Mary Jane, as I said, and um, she actually... She actually learned how to cook with cannabis from her mama, who, who, is, who, is, uh, who wrote the book um, Sweet Mary Jane, which is fantastic. And um, so, I mean, Lucy, you're one of the chefs in the, in the book who actually, a lot of the chefs in the book like the taste of cannabis, love playing with it, really like to kind of layer it with flavors and stuff. Lucy's one who's kind of like, nah, not so much. Um, so it's really fun to have her as part of the mix because there are people out there who are never going to like the taste. So, Lucy, will you talk a little bit about um, some of the tips and tr- tricks that you use to mask the flavor? Sure. Hi. Um, so... I feel like I'm more experienced in um, baked goods when it comes to cannabis. So um, when I eat a baked good, I kind of look for whatever the flavor it's supposed to be. So a chocolate brownie, I want it to taste like a chocolate brownie. And cannabis does have that very strong, earthy flavor. Um, So things that I've found are good to mask it from working at a bakery um, are warming spices like cinnamon or nutmeg, cardamom, that spicy taste will kind of take over. Um, Peanut butter and chocolate are really good as a combination and alone. Um, And just things that have kind of like a bold taste. Coffee is a good addition to sweet Um, baked goods that have cannabis in them Um, and it does still have that flavor Um, some of my recipes in the book I did salty and sweet together which kind of adds a a twist that um, helps kind of mask that flavor as well and um, anything I did a um, recipe that had a infused honey instead of butter. So something sweet like that instead of um, a fatty butter will kind of on its own mask the flavor. So if you just use honey as the infusion, it's kind of an easier way to not mask, but kind of just mild, make it more mild, um, that flavor of cannabis. Yeah. Yay. All right. 
And next up, yay, Jane is here. Next up is Jane West. And I feel like she kind of needs no intro, but let's. Um, so Jane is, uh, come on up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Jane, uh, Jane founded uh, Women Grow, which is the biggest networking organization for the cannabis industry um, and with now in 35 states, right? 35 cities. 44 in March. So cool. And I guess we should say in the world, probably, huh? Yeah. Um, and she also uh, founded and runs uh, Edible Events Co., which is uh, the premier cannabis events company here and way beyond. Um, and yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's a player. So... <laughs> Come on up, Jane. So Jane was uh, was good enough to not only write the foreword for the book, but also to help me out with tips for um, when you're entertaining with cannabis, which is very different than an alcohol-centered party. And so I'm wondering, Jane, if you could just talk a little bit about that and kind of, you know, what's different and what people should be thinking about. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. So... Um when we started the Edible Events series uh, in January of 2014, we specifically designed them for taking into consideration that all of the guests would be under the influence of cannabis. So they were all designed to be in visually stimulating art gallery environments. We had the chefs there cooking the food, um, a lot of food that shares high terpene contents with cannabis, like rosemary, um, lemon peels, and just really like fresh food being made right in front of you with the chef like slicing into the lemon while you're there and really having it be part of an experience. Um, and then we had live music and, um, and you were allowed to consume cannabis there on the property. These events are now illegal in Denver. So, um, but we're working very closely with the city to allow for us to be able to socially consume cannabis in an adult only responsible environment. Um, so I just have to plug that, that's just still not, we're still working on some of getting these things legal. But the events were awesome when they happened uh, until the SWAT team came. And then, um, totally serious, it happened. So, so it was, and so we specifically designed it for that. Also, we had a lot of non alcoholic beverages that weren't just like water or like warm sodas, like over in the corner that you like have to get your own cup and ice for. Like, we specifically designed elixirs and non infused elixirs and tonics that would come through through to really like cleanse your palate a lot like wine does when you're eating a meal it cleanses your palate and you want that as a consumer and as we kind of shift with from shift away from alcohol being our dominant substance of choice to cannabis being a viable everyday option um i think you'll see more and more of that of more and more like non-alcoholic infused elixirs and beverages becoming more and more popular so we infuse we designed that with the meals and it really helped encourage people not to consume alcohol. They really got to focus on their cannabis experience and, um, really made the most of it. Our events were super social people, like everyone, like it was a really great like-minded group of people. People talked a lot about how they met so many great people at the event as well. Um, which was awesome. Um, yes. And then they as you're entertaining in the home and bringing cannabis into your home to entertain, you wouldn't just pull out a single bottle of Merlot and expect everyone's going to enjoy that. So we'll see more flights of cannabis and display cases. If you think about all the ways at Crate and Barrel, we display glassware and barware and all of those items. You'll start to see more like actual parts of the furniture, possibly having trays and things in it for an adult-only home. 
That would be my answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yay. All right, you guys can see why this was so much fun. Um, so open it up for questions. Do you had one? Do you want to start? Or? Um, Okay. <laughs> do you want? Do you want? Yes. When you cook a meal or any kind of a dish and you put liquor into it, eventually that dissipates, and you don't have it. Is there anything like that that happens with cannabis? Does part of it? Is it milder uh, as you cook? It depends on how you make your infusion. Honestly, I mean it. Um, if you can, you will. If you get it above about 180 when you're heating it then you will lose some of the, you know, cannabinoids, which are basically the THC and CBD are the biggest ones of those. So you can make it, so that's, that's why it's super important that, you know, they talk about cook low and slow so that you keep it all in there. But, as, you know, as long as you don't, you know, go above, you will, you will keep all of the, yeah. Yes. That is such a great question. A great question. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, and, you know, one of the things, and actually, um, I, I forgot to mention, Scott Dura had a terrible cold. He just got back from Jamaica and um, could not join us, which I'm totally bummed about. Um, but one of the things that he talks about and, and that he kind of taught me was, uh, you know, serve it as, you know, maybe first in a tiny cup of soup, and that's it, right? So if you're infusing one part of a meal, don't infuse anything else. That's plenty. So another great thing you can do is put it in a soup soup, I mean a sauce or a salad dressing or something where people have kind of control of their own destiny. So if they're experienced cannabis eaters, they can, you know, douse that thing. But, you know, if they're like, whoa, not quite sure, they can have the tiniest, tiny spit. And that's, um, you know, yeah, you, you would never, you know, if you, you know, I think it's a good idea to do it as the appetizer because then by dessert, people are going to be really, really sight about dessert, right? So, um, you know, because it takes, that's the other thing with cannabis food, it takes an hour or two, you know, anywhere from a half hour to two hours to come on. Um, and so that's another super safety thing, right? If you're having a dinner party and you're having people, you got to make sure that they're not all of a sudden be driving home and it hits them, right? That would be the worst thing that could happen. So, you know, and make sure they have Ubers or, you know, whatever they're spending the night. Um, but, so, yeah, but it's really, it's, it's crucial because, um, Especially because all of these recipes taste amazing, right? And so you want to eat a ton. And um, that is when we first started testing recipes for the cookbook, a, a little problem that I got into. Um, so, uh, you know, when, when I finally started doing is making one infused and one non-infused. And that way when you're like, oh my God, this is so delicious, you can eat the non-infused and not destroy yourself. So you guys, and you know, these guys can all answer questions too. So I don't want to... You totally can, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we also have infusions of varying levels, right? So, um, you know, it all kind of goes back to how potent is your infusion. So if, uh, you know, you're using some of them are, are, are way milder than others. And so you can, you can do it that way as well. Um, you know, and that's, it is true. You can make every single one of these recipes without the cannabis. They will be just as delicious. And that's what I told my mom in Iowa when I sold her the book. It's under the book. What? And just, yeah, just pretend. Just, there's, yes. So for someone who's, like, not interested in getting high at all, but mm -hmm. wants the health benefits, mm -hmm. like, what's a guaranteed way of... 
Well, there are a couple things. I mean, one, um, I like using the fan leaves if you can get a hold of them. They have, uh, you know, less than 3% THC and all of the health benefits. They're fresh, you know. Um, you can also use uh, CBD. Use a high CBD strain that is not designed um, to be psychoactive. You can also, you know, um, everybody's different with this. Uh, for me, when I eat the cannabis raw and don't what they call decarboxylate it, which is heating it to, to uh, you know, um, uh, pull out the psychoactive elements, basically. Um, when I eat it raw, nothing happens. I just get, I feel like I just get the health benefits. Um, for some people, they do get a psychoactive effect, though. So it's one of those you have to try it kind of to find out. Um, but, you know, I think probably the best bet is, is a high CBD, using a high CBD cultivar. Yes. <laughs> That's such a great question. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a volleyball mom, you know. Um, I'm living in a townhouse with two kids, right? And, um, and I thought it was really important to tell my kids when I got the, the license, even though in 2009 it was, still, it was still a little out there. It was still a little scary, right? But I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I told my kids to tell me the truth about what they do, so I, you know, I'm not going to hide this. This is prescribed medicine, right? So I told my daughter, I think she's like 10, she's like, so our house is just going to reek a weed now? I'm like, no, it's actually not. Like, I'm, you know, so, um, but that was a big reason why I wanted to cook with it instead of, you know, having to go find a bush to hide in to smoke, right? Like, I just, um, I, cooking when my kids were um, in their time with their dads, I could do the cooking, um, you know, and, and the smell never, it's discreet, it's portable. I didn't have to, you know, just, I didn't, I didn't have to smell like smoke. Um, and so, you know, basically, they kind of roll their eyes, honestly. <laughs> and now that they're getting a little bit older, now they're 17 and 21, um, now they're starting to appreciate it and to really understand it and to get it. And I think it was also really important for them when the cookbook came out and they realized, oh, mom's not doing like a stoner tie-dye cookbook that, you know, it's going to be kind of embarrassing for us. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, you know. And um, so it's, it's an interesting thing. It's just, I'd say just in the last year or so that I've really been able to kind of, you know, now that I've, been outed, outed myself, whatever, um, you know, that I can sit in and field questions from the other volleyball moms in the bleachers who um, are really intrigued and interested. And, and some of them are like, gosh, you know, I, I wish I'd known that a long time ago because, you know, <laughs> yeah, I would have had you bring me something, right? So, um, yeah, so I think, you know, it's, it's, we live in Colorado. Our kids are growing up. I mean, I feel like my kids are growing up understanding um, that cannabis is not you know, a terrible, terrible drug. Um, I think that they see enough um, just in general to understand that um, people get in a lot more trouble when they drink alcohol. Um, and so, you know, their decision on, on what they're going to do when they're 21 will be their decision. But um, I think it's, I'm, I, I feel blessed that they get to experience this as, you know, growing up in a normalization. You know, their kids, I believe, are going to grow up in a world where um, we're just going to be like looking back at it like we look back at alcohol prohibition. Like, really? That was crazy. So I hope I answered your question. <laughs> All right, um, and I want to mention too. We, there's a Facebook page. What's the? What's the? It's Facebook Cannabis Cook. <laughs> I think it's Cannabis Cooks. But anyway, if, if you put in Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook on Facebook, oh, better find that out. I always just go to it automatically. Um, and also, uh, CannabisKitchenCookbook.com um, is the website where you can find out more. And uh, there's a couple recipes on there, and um, meet the chefs and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah.
That's all for tonight's Author on Tour. I'm Darren Foden. We have been podcasting live from the Tattered Cover Bookstore in Denver, Colorado. Stay pod-tuned in the coming weeks as we podcast Authors on Tour.